I love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. We got another riveting bat fantastic episode for you uh-huh. today here. Uh, I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. This is a podcast about movies and TV called Green Faces on the Couch. And we're back at it with the pe- Batman playlist, as Greeny has said. Bad at it. That's right. Bad at it. We're watching Batman Returns again. <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever <laughs> forever and ever he returns forever uh batman forever oh, uh it is yes, technically a, a sequel to the the previous of yeah. what we've watched i've realized that it is more so than i ever thought it was during this watch uh it, yeah. it definitely is supposed to be the I same didn't... world but it doesn't feel like it it really doesn't feel like it like i don't yeah, there, there's certain things, like, I think Commissioner Gordon is actually the same, as well as Commissioner Alfred. Commissioner Gordon is it, the same, Alfred's the same. Um, yeah, Pat Hingle, Michael Goff, uh, uh, respectively. Which, by the way, uh, fun fact, Michael Goff, I didn't realize this, uh, he's been in Doctor Who before. Oh, really? <laughs> the reason... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> been a while (laughs) the reason i didn't know though was because he was in the uh mostly lost episode um you know i've read the synopsis on it. it's called the celestial toy maker um and i read the synopsis on it but i didn't like remember michael goff having played the celestial toy maker Hmm. but uh in modern time they just announced that neil patrick harris is going to be in doctor who for one of the upcoming specials that's who I'm thinking he's going to be because a lot of the production stills show him like with very similar like toy making like a toy maker's apron on uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, oof. that'll be really interesting. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But that was a long. Me too. Me long, too. Uh, is that going to be in one of the specials coming up, or is that going to? Yeah, be I think next series? year. Okay. Yeah, they're uh, they're doing one more special this year. And then they're doing three specials next year for the BBC. We know for the special this year is for the BBC centenary, a hundred years okay. BBC yippee yip, hooray. And then the three specials next year will be for Doctor Who's sixtieth year anniversary. That's it. Okay. Okay. It's, it's wibbly wobbly, wobbly timey wimey. You know. Yep. Oh yeah. And then we'll get back to to regular broadcasting doctor who after five years Woo! yeah well they're hoping for 2023 apparently but i don't know how or 2024 yes yeah. it's ridiculous man they make me wait for fucking ever i sure do uh but we haven't been having to wait for batman uh they you know nope <laughs> yeah they've been dropping all sorts of shit a uh, friend of ours uh in between <laughs> <Bat> shit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a friend of ours uh, mentioned to me that uh, they could just drop a Batman movie every two years. It could have no no bearing on the previous Batman movie. It could have it yeah. could be a shit movie, and people would still pay good money to see it, and it will make millions and billions of dollars. And she's right, right? Uh, <laughs> but. I mean, it's true. Yeah, at a certain I mean, we point, might I ben do Affleck's think we would get tired. Drop project. Yeah. yeah, 
That's true. I mean, I'm already kind of tired of it. Like, we're going to talk about a lot of burnout this coming month. I feel like uh, we have a lot of a lot of TV talks and uh, uh, other stuff planned. But like, um, when we get to, I can't wait until we talk Obi Wan. That's coming up later this week. Yeah. Um, there's been some burnout for me on Star Wars, even oh, though really? I'm not. You know, I'm not going to get my opinion of Obi Wan up front in general. I'm just saying of the franchise. It was kind of just like. I was like, all right, yeah, Obi-Wan, sure, I sure, guess. Sure. I yeah. don't know. I, Burnout, uh, yeah. Burnout's being felt. And yeah, that... I guess I'll hold my opinion as well, but at, at front, I feel like maybe um, I'm doing a Jedi trick on, on Greeny right now, and nobody can see. <laughs> it's like, I think we both liked it very much. <laughs> this is not the review you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back, man, back to uh, Pac-Man Returns again. That's right. Pac-Man Returns. <laughs> yeah, before we talk the synopsis, I wanted to do a, a quick uh, di- deep dive into the behind the scenes of Batman sure. Forever. Because there have been a lot of change. We've already a mentioned that this changes. is supposed to be in the same world, but it does not feel like it's in the same world. Mainly because Bye Bye Tim Burton, uh, Batman yeah. Returns, was too dark. Uh, they lost some brand oh, okay. deals. McDonald's <laughs> apparently dumped. Yeah, McDonald's dumped their Happy Meal toys, uh, which were Batman Returns f- uh, flavored, <laughs> because <laughs> it was too dark. It was too dark of a movie. I guess it was like, no, the kids don't want this. So they went for uh, they they opted for other directors. They were looking into who to replace Tim Burton, who stayed on as a producer. As a producer he did still yeah. help. Yeah, he still he still helped make the film, but apparently they looked into Sam Raimi and John McTiernan. Oh my god, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Sam Raimi. John McTiernan did well. John McTiernan did Die Hard, so it's just like yeah. you, you think you think one film is too dark, and then your two <laughs> options are crazy awesome action director or Sam Raimi, Evil Dead maker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Disney or uh, not Disney, but uh, Warner Bros. I guess you know. But no, they uh, eventually settled for Joel Schumacher. Uh, that makes uh, sense. Joel Schumacher, yeah, yeah. And uh, Joel Schumacher, you know, they had a they had a story written by these two people. What are their names again? Uh, Lee Bachelor and Janet Scott Bachelor, the the a couple screen a screenwriting twins. couple. Yeah, the Bachelorettes. <laughs> and uh, Joel Schumacher decided though. You know, I don't want this. I don't like the script. You know, there's some elements of the script that are good, but I'm mm-hmm. going to get Akiva Goldsman to rewrite it. Now, I think I have mentioned before that Akiva Goldsman and I are like, when when we connect, it's a decent connection. I Am Legend, not a bad film. I bad like film, that. Yeah. yeah. He wrote uh, iRobot. I kind of like iRobot. That's not that bad. It has its moments, at least. Uh, there's a couple episodes of Lost, I believe. No, Fringe. He did Fringe. There's a couple mm. episodes of Fringe that were good. Yeah. And well, uh, then he also did the Batman films. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> so it sounds and like then, he's he's good if Will Smith can be involved. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Other, other things that he has done are the Da Vinci Code uh, franchise films. Oh boy! Oh, you didn't uh, like but those? His, his biggest. What was wrong with those? No. What? What was wrong with those, man? Were they good? <laughs> Tom Hanks had long hair and regrets everything about those franchises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his biggest uh, Akiva Goldsman biggest uh, mistake 
in my opinion, was this little-known film called The Dark Tower. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, so that's the thing with Akiva God. Goldsman. When we connect, we connect. You know, I can I can like some of his scripts, but when we don't meet, ooh, do I hate him a lot. Well, secret <laughs> Dark uh, Tower. review of Akiva Goldsman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the problem is, the, the backstory I really wanted to get to was that the biggest change was that Bye Bye Michael Keaton. Because once Akiva Goldsman came on and rewrote the script, Michael Keaton didn't like the direction things were going. You know, he didn't like the, the, of the franchise in general. When he came on board, it was supposed to be a, a Batman year one prequel kind of thing. Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's what Joel Schumacher told him. Is like, yeah. yeah, we're not going to do a sequel. We're going to do a prequel. We're going to do year one of Batman. And Michael Keaton was all on board. He liked that idea. But then Akiva Goldsman came in, rewrote it, and gave us the script that we have today, which features just a direct sequel with a crap yeah. ton of villains. And, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of returning to the, the 60s, uh, the Adam West show, minus the heavy camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Which is weird. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, there is pretty camp. campy. There, yeah, there is camp, but it's 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 tone isn't campy. Yeah, it's like it's trying not to be it's campy, and it's very have that, weird. That gothic Tim Burton tone, and which yeah, you know, I feel like Tim Burton can be like if you could mix goth and camp together, that 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 <laughs> might <right. laughs> be the jeans that Tim Burton wears. But only he, yeah, only he can deliver on that kind yeah, of beauty, beautiful yeah. stuff. But the uh, the thing is, there's a bunch the with uh, Michael Keaton leaving. Then you had a bunch of people just kind of like, well, now what's going to happen? Uh, and so they started to recast uh, Michael Keaton. And this is this is where I I, I told I told Faceless Leo before this that there would be a very terrible segue, and here it comes. <laughs> uh, the other op- options they had for Michael Keaton to uh, before they settled on. Uh, Val Kilmer were William Baldwin and Ethan Hawke. Okay. And Ethan Hawke, yeah, Ethan Hawke recently starred in a film I watched called The Black Phone. And if you want to hear that review, <laughs> we're going to do something very exciting. Uh, Faceless Leon and I are going to be offering a Patreon exclusive episode in That's July. Right. We haven't uh, settled on a date just yet. Um, but we're going to put up a, a exclusive episode of my green uh, ketchup and your faceless pitches. That's right. Uh, so, if, and yeah, that, it's what we've been watching recently. And that will be uh, right now. We are going to have all our exclusive episodes that we hope to, you know, continue to do this as much as we're available to. Maybe like once a month or something like that. It'll be more casual and structured than our show, if you can believe that. And um, <laughs> it, <laughs> and. Uh, it'll be for our sofa spuds and all the tiers above that. So uh, yeah. if, if you feel like you could support us and you want some extra content from us, uh, we hope to provide that for you guys. And, and that's what we're going to try to do with, with these new... We haven't really decided what to call it yet, but it, it will be... Yeah those 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 segments that we do during our tv talks and and new movie episodes that it'll be those but in a longer form 
Yeah, because we're in the uh, we're in the summer months, and so that pretty much means there's a new movie release every single week. Right. And I've been hitting the theater like crazy. It's been a lot of fun, but there's just there's too many too much green ketchup for another episode of ours. You know, it's like yeah. we you know when we do like a stay or go or a threesome. There's just too much green ketchup to dump on all one episode. Right. Right. And so and I'm going to dump it into an exclusive content. You get to pay for it. You get to pay to have me dump green ketchup all over that's you. That's right. Isn't that exciting? Just like the red light district. And <laughs> it'll be perfect for you potatoes. Because, you know, nobody really caters to that taste. If if you know what no. I mean. You know, potatoes, we have very specific <laughs> tastes. And at the same time, you've been watching a you've been watching a crap ton of television. That's right. Yes, and they've been dumping a crap ton of television. We can't have enough episodes yeah. to cover the amount of television that they've dropped. So, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the compromises. Next month is going to be a very heavy TV talks month because there's been a lot of stuff we're going to have to talk. Yeah, uh, to. but a lot of your faceless pitches will be uh, heard in the exclusive content alongside my green catches. We're just going to put right. them there. Put them That's in the right. same place. And Have a little can... casual conversation. And yeah, if you wanna if you wanna join us there in that nice little casual conversation, you can go down to patreon.com slash green and faceless and check it out. It's for sofa uh, sofa spuds and above. Yeah. Uh but at the same time, don't forget uh was it tater tots? Was that yeah, our our tater uh booster chair tater tots? <laughs> <laughs> two dollars a month yeah uh, you can vote on the potato pick which we do once a month uh and uh real couch potatoes they can recommend for five dollars a month what we might watch for the potato pick so i don't know about you i think that's enough uh business talk for these potatoes um let's yeah. get back into the review yeah, let's do Batman Forever. Did you want to go into the synopsis sure. or shall I? I can do it. I can do it. So, uh, Val, uh, he's Batman, as we've talked, and uh, he is going after Tommy Lee Jones as Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Right. Uh, he he is doing because so. Why we couldn't get Billy D. Williams back? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, which I don't. That would have been interesting for sure. Like apparently, it, yeah, apparently he had signed on for a sequel to become Two Face, but then they just didn't do that. They just did the Penguin. Yeah, next that's and super weird. Um, yeah, it was. It's just a super upsetting. weird diffusion uh, decision, and I think that he would have done a great job. I I mean. For what this movie is, uh, I feel like Jim and Tommy, like, as goofy as they were, they at least played off each other decently well. They seem to have fun. <laughs> but, like, there's also, the, there's still the background, though, where it's just, like, Tommy Lee Jones just hated Jim Carrey <laughs> because Tommy went in with one type of energy. Yeah. You know, he was just like, he's just like, this is what I'm going to, this is the level of energy I'm going to bring to Two-Face. And then as they continued to film, because they filmed most of this continuously, and right. not, uh, but as they continued to film, um, Jim Carrey's energy was just so chaotically so rising. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that Tommy Lee Jones felt like he had to match it, and he had to like do something he's never had to do, which is like act harder. Yeah, and so he just. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tommy Lee Jones. I know a lot of people like Tommy Lee Jones. I have a very like one sided opinion of the man, but it, yeah, he just he had to like go above and beyond craziness to be this character. <laughs> And it's it's honestly it's like one of the few Tommy Lee Jones performances that I actually mildly enjoy, really? but I think for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you probably. Know, like, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, he, I can't stand him. He plays the exact same character in every single movie. He is law enforcement officer. That's his only fucking yeah. job. He's a or, Leo, law enforcement officer, or political servant. Yeah, yeah, or political servant, which in a way is He's law about enforcement. The same thing, yeah. 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 And he, yep. even here, he was a former district attorney. That so, like, true. he's not he's not pushing it too far. That's true. <laughs> he is still the former uh, district attorney of Gotham. And that's uh, that like is part of contract. the story told in a flashback. Uh, he was uh, he was working on a, a Maroney case, which this is the first real mention of the actual crime <gasps> families in uh, this movie series. And they don't really do anything with it, except for that this Maroon, no. Maroney goon uh, ta- tosses acid at uh, uh, Harvey Dent's face, thus creating Har- uh, Two-Face. It, it, it causes brain damage, and he goes insane, and it splits him down the middle, uh, and he he's just – he is ruled by duality, and the idea right. of uh, – extreme and true justice and so when he decides goes to make a decision uh he flips this coin that uh (laughs) i like what they do better with the coin in the dark knight than in this Um, same yeah he flips this coin and it's both sides have a face on i don't know what kind of coin it is but one side is clean and clear the way it's supposed to look the other side's all scratched up Mm. Uh, and it's usually a life or death situation, not for him, but for other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's another film that Tommy Lee Jones is in. Um, uh, what was it? No Country for Old Men. Yeah. When Sh- Shakira goes to that, uh, uh, that gas station at the end, he has the coin, he like flips it and turns us down. He's like, call it. This is your life. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that scene is so crazy. <laughs> Just a total rip off. But anyways. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's all they're doing. They're just ripping off <laughs> Two-Face. <laughs> I see you, Cohen brothers. <laughs> so, Batman fails to save him from that, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Two-Face blames him for it. So, he is pretty much, you know, trying to hunt Batman, usually by abducting people and waiting for him to come. Uh, so, he while he is there to do so to stop him from abducting this like bank security guard he meets nicole kidman's character dr chase meridian who is a psychologist who is really into black rubber just really (laughs) (laughs) and poor poor bruce wayne never able to have a single romantic interest stay along for two films no no that's not allowed (laughs) that is definitely not allowed uh especially when they were supposedly dead at the end of the film slash not i don't know right i, I always felt yeah. like they could have brought catwoman back but maybe, maybe easily michelle didn't easily want to come back. i don't or, is it michelle Pfeiffer? nope 
Yeah. Yeah, it was Michelle Pfeiffer. And honestly, I always, no offense, but I always forget Nicole Kidman was in this film. A hundred percent. When she, when yeah. it showed her name coming up in the credits, I was like, Nicole Kidman's in this? And I'm like, oh yeah, the love interest. Yeah. Uh, so they talk, so they do a lot of paralleling with Batman and Two-Face in this because, you know, Batman is both Bruce Wayne and Batman. <gasps> and yeah spoilers so, <laughs> so does she, Val Kilmer play him too yes Val Kilmer <laughs> plays both of them believe it or not oh my uh, god yes. what an acting talent <laughs> <laughs> you know I you say that but I do think that he emulated what Michael did for the Batman side of the character pretty well yes I, I do think yeah, so. he did. and I didn't and his Bruce Wayne his is Bruce, in and of itself yeah, it's its own thing. It's it's yeah. completely almost different. It's he's more business oriented. Yeah, he's very focused on Wayne Enterprises. Like it's it, it's not bad. I, I know I was making a joke, but at the right. same time, Kilmer is a, a pretty good Batman. It's just yeah. this whole movie is just forgettable. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I I feel like um I never took so it's kind of also those kind of subdued compared to the rest of the characters though, and I think that's the yeah, problem is yeah. that it's a Batman movie. But Batman is feels more like a background character because the the yeah. villains are just so goddamn goofy. Yeah, and there's so many of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess there's not there's many. Only there's two two, but there's the same only time. two, and the last movie only had two, and it worked okay. And, and I think doesn't the last one have three? I guess if you met, uh, uh, if you consider Max Shrek a villain, uh, but. Oh, oh, sorry. I mean, I thought you were. I, I was thought you were talking about Batman and Robin, the last, the last Batman. Oh, no, from, no, no. Not oh, the, gotcha. Not the previous one. I get you. They paved our road recently, and yeah. now people just feel like it's a raceway. <laughs> it, it was a chip, a chip and seal thing with a shit ton of potholes, and they they widened it. Hey, I'll be and honest. Then they paved it. Yeah. And now they're just going on it. Yeah, I'll be honest. I drove on it just last week, and I was just like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like cruising. <laughs> it is really nice, but people go on it with their loud-ass vehicles. I mean, it's Sunday right now, so, you know, they're like going out yeah. for their joy rides. There's this There's one Sunday guy driving. in particular that goes 90 nearly every time, and he was doing that before it was paved, so I don't even know how fast he's going. Oh now. my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no care. No care no for care his car. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the other side of the story with Bruce Wayne is that he goes into Wayne Enterprises to check out the factory floor with all the scientists and projects and whatnot. It's like the R&D department or something. And we have Jim yeah, Carrey working for Wayne Enterprises, which I don't know that they've ever gone that angle in the comic books before <laughs> uh but edward enigma is uh you know famously known as the riddler in the dc world <gasps> and this story it, it we get to actually see his origin story for this movie world yeah. anyways it's wild it is pretty wild <laughs> i will say that so uh <laughs> Edward Nigma is extremely neurotic in in the first uh, scene, and he is obsessed with Bruce Wayne and thinks that Bruce Wayne will be completely understanding of his wild and crazy uh, project where he wants to make a personal 3D TV. Like he wants to yeah. beam TV signal into people's brains 
and manipulate their brains so that they live in the image. And, you know, a pretty cool idea, but he wants a yes or no from Bruce that instant. And Bruce is like, I'm sorry, there's too many questions. You're talking about brain control here. Like, I I need to to know everything. If you're beaming in, right? It's like, if you're beaming into their brain, who knows what you can fucking do in there? Right, exactly. That was his concern. And at the same time, that's exactly what, you know, Edward Nygma was kind of wanting to do. That that is. And I don't know that it was necessarily exactly what he wanted when he was first thinking of that idea. But after his rejection from Bruce, he continued to work on his experiment. And I can't remember. This guy's in fucking everything. The guy who's like the overseer of the factory. Um, Yeah, the... He's in everything, but I can't remember what his name is. Okay, I found it. It's Ed Begley Jr. That's right. And he literally is in everything. So he is Edward's boss. He plays Fred Stickley. He's only in the movie for a little bit. And he does have a stick up his butt a little bit, but he also understands that Stickly up his butt. Ed probably should not go forward with this experiment. So the experiment is terminated. And in return, Nigma decides to tie him up and force him to be a part of the experiment and tries out his uh, equipment on him and accidentally discovers that he can absorb his intelligence through the machine (laughs) and i'm like man i'm pretty sure this never happened in the comic books this is a completely new story it's the Um, most goofy thing ever yeah and i think i think after he starts absorbing people's intelligence in this movie i actually like jim carrey's performance better i do not like that first scene with him he's just just too out there too obsessive and, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that abrasiveness is what he was going for, but it was just too much. And, you know, Jim can do that. Jim can can be too much. That, that is 100% yeah, yeah, true. Definitely. There's there's roles where I think it really works, like The Mask. That I think that's a good movie, personally. I, I guess I haven't seen it right. in a while. Maybe it doesn't hold up. But I think it works in some of his movies. It was movies. good when we were kids. Yeah, definitely it was good when we were kids. Um there's movies where it works well, but there's also movies where he's just a side character and he's pulling too much attention, I think. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jim. Like that <laughs> but, one with the, that, what was that Magician's one? Do you remember that Magician one with Steve Carell and uh, yeah, somebody else? Yeah, yeah. And he's... I yeah, don't remember Jim what it was that called, torture. but I think that was actually Steve Buscemi that was playing opposite of Steve Carell. So Steve Carell and Steve Buscemi? Oh my I'm god! Pretty sure, that might, yeah, that might be it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was yeah. blonde in the movie, though. And, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, yeah, and Jim, Jim was a uh, he's this torture magician who like puts right. like you know nails and stuff into his hands and to, into his skull, and it's just like uh, yeah, he's a little right. too much in that film. Like, yeah, he, he drill he literally away. drills a hole in his head, and after the trick is done, he is obviously brain damaged, <laughs> and that's the funniest yeah. part. I feel like. <laughs> Secret of you of whatever that movie's <laughs> called. It really wasn't that good. <clears throat> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Jim oh 
Jim as the Riddler, once he decides to become the Riddler, which that's a pretty fun scene. Like he's going through this computer program that's like tossing like costumes onto his body (laughs) and they're all just fucking awful. And then he has like this old like carnival machine behind him that uh, it has the costume on it the whole time. So he eventually takes that and dyes his hair pink for some reason. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I really don't, like, understand. Because it's just like, if, if they wanted that to just to be a prop of this world of Gotham, mm-hmm. then they could have at least, like, established that instead of just putting it in the individual we know is going to be the Riddler's house. And yes. it's just like, why do you just have this? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> uh, if it's I really didn't weird, mention... But I do like his costume. I, I do like his costume, okay? I think the pink hair was a bit much, but it, I think it fit with, like, this weird punk thing that they were going for for Gotham. Like, there's, like, this whole yeah. scene with chris o'donnell where uh they where he goes downtown gotham and there's these gangs that are in like neon blacklight yeah. paint and like the whole street is lit in yeah. blacklight because like that's what you know the the this that's city gotham. that's gotham you know <laughs> Uh, to be uh, fair okay. where we live does also have an area that's kind of similar to that um where there's like a certain art structure and it's very uh crazily lit at all times yeah um that's true yeah but this seemed like it was like but, two or three blocks <laughs> yeah yeah this <laughs> yeah at the same time this was a little little overdoing it makes no sense uh but uh I, it's goddamn it's funny though jim eventually jim uh excuse me eventually uh the riddler and two-face get together and i can't remember if it's before or after that that Two-Face comes and attacks the circus where Bruce is taking Dr. Meridian as a date uh, and attacks and kills all of uh, Dick Grayson's family, the Flying Graysons. Um, I don't know yeah. that it's necessarily traditionally Two-Face that that happens to, but that is what happens. A lot of, a lot of stories it is. It's Two-Face. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's different um, origins for each, but I think Two Face is a consistent one. Um, a lot of people, if you don't know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the podcast at some point, Dick Grayson is my all-time favorite comic book uh, yeah. superhero. Um, I relate a lot to many of the stories of his that I've read. Fucking love him. Nice. Uh, also, he's handsome as fuck. Like once you see his abs, you're just you're dead. Like you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for this. Like I, I can't remember. I don't want to say his name on the podcast, but there was a guy that I worked with that one time. I was like, I don't understand why you like Nightwing. And he's like, he was watching me like reading yeah. a Nightwing comic, and like I turned the page, and it's a full splash of him like just wearing boxers, just like all of his abs on display. <laughs> and then he, he was a very prominent gay man, and he was just like. Oh, I understand I now. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go, man. Now you get it. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, so Chris O'Donnell being uh, uh, Dick Grayson, the first um, live action performance since uh, Burt Ward, I believe. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Amazing. I, I enjoy him as Dick Grayson. I think he was very fun a little too old for the origin story they give him yeah, here, i think yeah but they it like, works they, they make it work yeah they make him i feel like they're trying to be like he's an 18 year old um yeah uh, or maybe 17 like he could take care of himself if if he really wanted to but bruce yeah it's because like why? he feels bruce feels personally 
uh, responsible for what happened because mm-hmm. Two Face was trying to get Batman. That's what he was trying to do, right? Uh, so he offers to help Dick out, offers him a place to live in the mansion, and uh, it's, <laughs> I, I do like the way that. Dick was like, nah, I'm leaving. Fuck you, Bruce, and your money. Uh, (laughs) And and then Alfred is like, oh, I guess I'll throw this sandwich away then. And he's just like, oh, okay, (laughs) I guess I'll stay for the day. It it almost felt like um, Dread Pirate Roberts, you know, like, uh, (laughs) if you feed me today, I might stay, but who knows if I'll leave tomorrow. <laughs> and like Michael Goff gets more to do in this too. Yes. And it's kind of nice really to liked, see his Alfred. Yeah. And I think that kind yeah. of made I think that was a decision done to make it feel more solid in this uh series of movies since he was like right. the one character that stayed besides their do nothing Jim Gordon. Uh, yeah who they never show yeah, like never he's like it. always in like a long shot or like a, if he's in a close-up it's very quick like, I, I believe they don't linger when, on him long. i believe when nigma does like the big uh showcase of the uh, the finished product he's like the first one that goes test it if i recall that's <laughs> and that's pretty much the only thing i remember him in this movie for damn it jim <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pat Hingle, uh, that's not your fault. <laughs> that's no, the right. No, it's fault not. For sure. You're cut out. Yeah. So, but I do. Um, there were a lot of uh, fun uh, other options for Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. I wanted to point out uh, before Chris O'Donnell was signed on, before they had even, uh, b- before all the big changes happened, before like Michael Keaton left and everything, they had apparently cast Marlon Wayans as Dick Grayson. I don't know if I. I know think that would have been. The Wayans Brothers. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah. I think that would have been hilarious. I think I might have enjoyed that. Okay, um, But yeah. apparently he, they also... Yeah, he would have been pretty young at the time. That that would have been really interesting. Yeah, yeah he... He's, and that's what you have to... He's done a lot of that's movies what you have to remember Netflix about Netflix lately. Uh, I feel like the the, Wayne, the Wayans Brothers kind of have... Uh, their their humor is, is going downhill for me. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, last yeah. couple films, I watched this movie called Sectoplets, Sectoplets or something like that. I only made it halfway through. Secret reveal of that movie. It is just awful, guys. <laughs> like they try to do the Eddie Murphy oh thing, gosh. but that, but with uh, a set of of yeah. know, fraternal siblings. Uh, this might be incredibly rude or blasphemous to Wayans Brothers fanatics, but like for me, it was the scary movie Two Days. That was their prime. And then after that, it went downhill. <laughs> like they didn't. All, only like two of them, I think, were involved in scary movie. I don't remember if the. If, um, I'm not sure either, but I love and live. I think there's color. three of them. That right? show is great. I think that really was their their uh, their biggest moment was that TV show. And what an interesting. Like what an interesting movie that would have been if 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 he played Robin and then Jim was uh the Riddler. That because he was on that show. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been 
I think I would have enjoyed it. It would have been it would have been interesting at the very least. Yeah. Uh, but other options they had that I, I think a lot of these are hilarious to think about. But they had you know again remember they're all young at this time. There was Leo DiCaprio. Oh yeah. Matt Damon, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, oh Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Uh, Ewan McGregor, Jude Law. Oh my god. And also Christian Bale. Christian Bale was also considered. (laughs) I wonder if they would have let him be Batman if that would have happened. Probably not. Dude, that would have been hilarious. (sighs) No, yeah, probably not. That is quite the fucking Man, I can't even imagine Chris O'Donnell Ended up with Chris O'Donnell, who only did this in Three Musketeers. (laughs) 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 Uh... So eventually, Chris O'Donnell discovers the Batcave through the silver closet and through some pretty cool acrobatic stunts. I do like the stunts in this movie. I will give it that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he makes it down there and eventually, uh, with almost no consent from Bruce, becomes Robin. (laughs) It is basically (laughs) all him and Alfred doing it together. Uh, him, him being also uh, Dick like and Alfred. I can't stand another aspect of this too is that his costume literally is his circus costume at first. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, who the fuck is not going to be like, oh, that was a flying grease, and I saw <laughs> it last like, week. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did you hear that? There, his entire family died. All except one the guy. Died oh, oh, that's him. <laughs> oh, I think that. And Bruce Wayne took him in. <gasps> <laughs> like it's the dumbest thing. I mean, they give him a costume update at the very right. end, which kind of covers for it. But yeah. like, you know, at the same time, it's just like he's he went out at least tw- once, at least once in that costume. He did. Yeah. So like. There's a lot of risk there. And he saves Bruce's life. And I think that that is the basic reason why Bruce is like, all right, this kid's going to do it either way. He might as well. And also Alfred, you know, prodding him and being like, hey, this guy needs some guidance. Yeah, yeah. He's going he's gonna to go and kill himself otherwise. Uh, so I, all in all, I think we should probably move on to closing statements. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'll go first. I, I enjoy... The hammy acting, you know, it's, it's, the villains are just way too over the top, yeah. but it's, it's funny. And I don't think they intended it to be funny, but it is funny. Uh, I think Jim Carrey intended it to be funny, but like, I meant, um, the creator's vision. I right. don't think Joel Schumacher, Akiva Goldsman, I don't think they were meaning it to be as campy as it turned out to be. But then seeing how well that, I, I don't know if it did well or not, but I guess using that, they jumped in and made an even crazier, campier yeah. film that we'll talk about next week. It's, it's like um, a graph. You took a graph of these four movies. It's like very exponential yeah. in, in the craziness that goes on. Like the, the definitely <laughs> yeah, the second so Batman book. Returns definitely is quite a bit crazier than than Batman. But well, of course, this movie yeah. just brings it up, <laughs> and then it's just fuck. They just stopped carrying or something or just like throw everything yeah. at it. You throw Bane in there. Fuck Who gives all. a shit? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to suck up your brain waves using television. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's been done before. Do it again. Do it again. It hasn't been done with Batman. <laughs> Not with Batman. It ain't. Yeah. And, and, you know, all the all the performances for what they are, it's it's still enjoyable. 
not good but enjoyable yeah. it's not trash but it's just you know it's in that it's in that it's on the fence it's like yeah, it's, it's a decent film place it's like yeah. oh you haven't it seen batman forever you probably should go see that <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that. So that's the biggest flaw of it is like I, I mean, I give it two and a half stars, but it's it's the most forgettable of the four mm. of all four of these films. This is the one that I think when I think about it, I'm just like, oh right, yeah. What was that one called? It was the one with Val Kilmer. It doesn't have the nipples yet, but it's it's he still did have the nipples. He weird. did. Did it have he the did nipples? have the nipples? I don't oh think they're God. as prominent as the next suit, but he did have the nipples. Okay, I think even Robin I didn't even notice. Nipples. So that was just a Joel Schumacher thing. Joel Schumacher just like walked in. He's like giving Batman nipples <laughs> <laughs> and a navel. We need a navel I do, too. I do actually enjoy the costumes a bit in this one. They're a little more swishy and like yeah. flowy. Yeah, um, they don't feel Batman's stiff. Batman's cowl in general is very prominent. Like it's very like strict, rigid, and mm-hmm. like you know it's kind of not terribly intimidating, but it can be intimidating. But like. I like Two Face's design. I think it was very decent. You know, they did a lot of thought to it. I think the Riddler has some good designs, but I hate. I kind of hate the the latex skin suit kind of thing. But I like right. more of what the the fortune teller machine thing was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why he didn't just go with the coat. <laughs> like it would have <laughs> been so cool if we just get that. That's the thing. When it comes to the Riddlers, I just want. The actual, like, the comic book Riddler. I want to see that for once right. on the screen. You I know, did, I don't want crazy... I did like Jim's cane work, though. I think he did yes. a good job with that. And I feel like that <laughs> it rings true to the character for the interpretations right. that I'm familiar with, anyways. Yeah, his his zaniness was good. His witticisms were good. And it was just... He was just too crazy, too... Yeah. Like, you know... He, the, the Riddler's supposed to be this very intelligent but also crazy person. And I think mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's Riddler was intelligent after he started stealing intelligence. Yeah. yeah. But like before then, he was just this crazy guy uh, with with you know some you know moderate level of intelligence, but still like right. not not Batman he, level of intelligence. Yeah, he was more and then, like mechanically intelligent, and then when he started absorbing people's minds, he was more. Uh, more more social intelligence more witty more manipulative like he, he gained those skills from it and i feel like i feel like at, that was yeah. kind of a disservice to this classic character I, who already has all those things right yeah and i think that my favorite R- riddler interpretation is the arkham games where you have neil i think neil patrick harris voices him or at the very least that so. was their model for his his look in the first one like that's you know i've always kind of think think that neil patrick harris would make a great riddler won't see it that's fine but at the same time you know i i do enjoy jim carrey's riddler but it's just it's whatever robin's suit i really enjoyed robin's suit i think uh yeah. once he once he gets his suit his actual mm-hmm. uh you know crime fighting suit one. that is not a circus yeah. costume yeah yeah once you see Chris McO'Donnell with the the little the what is it the visor thing on and everything, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, all right, Chris, I'll follow that, you into battle. We'll and do you know, <laughs> I I feel like this is the first time that we get that classic like arced superhero mask that they use in yeah. almost every superhero movie now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that for somebody who has a mask that style, it especially in those DC shows, they all have one like that. <laughs> oh, this film also does get another detriment in that we yet again see the Wayne parents die. So yes, that is a we do that is an issue. I do <laughs> like the psychological aspect with that though. Is that like it's <clears throat> he's remembering repressed memories and that mm-hmm. Nicole like it kind of gives this like over sexualized psychiatrist something to do <laughs> right well see okay so that's the that's the thing the original script by the uh if, if you remember by the bachelorette uh uh screenwriters <laughs> of ours yeah um the original script was scarecrow as the villain so i think that's i think she has to be like a remaining thing because i feel like she must have like in the original script she must have been like working with uh Stephen crane or something but maybe yeah and, and you know at some point i was thinking during this movie like you know this particular version of gotham would work really well with scarecrow so it's kind of funny that i thought that yeah so going into <laughs> in, in my closing statements i give it a face it, i i I still enjoyed watching it, but I think there was a lot of enjoying it for the wrong reasons. I, I don't think they intended it to be as goofy as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, yeah, I I feel like if we would have had, I just like what we've done later with this franchise. You know, the more serious mm-hmm. aspect. I like serious Batman, and I know some people will disagree with me, uh, but <laughs> we'll see what I think when the next movie comes. When we get back to Batman and Robin. Oh, and and I do want to say, I don't know how I've done this episode. Uh, I, I feel like my energy's been up and that's cool. But I, guys, I'm just so fucking tired. <laughs> 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 my brain feels well, like it is melted. Let, this week, I know that we skipped an episode. That is because I had uh, four shifts that were 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, that was what we were scheduled for. But uh, some nights we got off at like 11.30. One night we didn't get off until 2.30. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So it, theater guys, you know. And we were, it was running a festival. It's something that doesn't happen all the time. It's going to happen next yeah. year, though. And I'm supposed to work it again. So No, no. <laughs> yeah. But the next five years, if I'm still here, if I still live in this country, who fucking knows? Right. So that's my closing statement. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's the show. That's, that's it. That's the show with that uh existential <laughs> note. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us though. We always love to have you here. And uh until next time, I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the faceless Leon. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.